0: and welcome to Dawson's
1: Critique. I'm Erin Hensley and I am Julia Callahan and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB in 1998.
0: Join us for this spoiler filled podcast as we sit down over Skype with one of our listeners Jay and discuss their fan theory about Dawson having Asperger's. Hello, everyone. Today, we have one of our listeners, Jay. And if you don't remember from 301, he shared with us his fan theory about Dawson having Asperger's. So first things first, Jay, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to Dawson's Creek? Um, did you watch it when it first aired or later on streaming or did you watch it on in Australia? Um, and just tell us a little bit about your experience with Dawson's Creek.
2: All right. So... Um, yes, I am Australian. I grew up in a number of places, um, mainly the Gold Coast, which you may have heard of because it's, uh, Australia's like main tourist city. Um, I, um, where do I go next? Um, I currently live in Sydney. I have two university degrees, but I'm currently unemployed. Um, also, um, in addition to having Asperger's, I'm also autistic. Uh, well, see, there's three a's uh no two a's um is asexual non-binary um i uh was diagnosed actually the same year that i first started uh watching dawson's creek which is an interesting fact so 1999 was an interesting year for me okay. it was my second last year of high school Um, I discovered Dawson's Creek when I was on holiday with my family in January of 99. There was a TV ad for it. Didn't really grab me. Didn't think this was a particularly interesting show that I would like watching, but because I was with my family, they, uh, I think it was my youngest sister. was like, yeah, we should watch this. And she was hooked by the ad. I was hooked by the show. Um, And then When we got back home, continued watching it Um, on uh, Network 10, they aired the first two seasons back to back. Um, And so I got a bit of a shock when they changed the theme song at the start (laughs) of season two. But I didn't know until later on that that was only um, outside of the USA. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say that Dawson's Creek is my favorite TV show. Um, It's one that I have rewatched multiple times. It's one that I've always very strongly related to. And um, I wasn't really, uh, I didn't really understand why until I discovered that um, Kevin Williamson and I had the same condition. um, And then a lot of stuff sort of made a lot more sense to me and it all sort of fell into place.
1: Awesome, cool.
0: So just I want to circle back, uh, you said you're non-binary, so what pronouns do you want us to use?
2: They. Okay. Okay,
0: (laughs) Thank you. Um, Awesome. So what was the, like, so you started watching it once it was airing in
1: Australia. Yep. And you're, it seems like you're about our age because we were in our second to last year of high school in 99 as well. So.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, cool.
0: 83
1: (laughs) yeah we were born in 83 (laughs) Um, okay great um so for us like one of the things um just to remind our listeners a little bit jay's jay's theory is that and the and the thing he brought to us that we kind of both really reacted to um and and have thought a lot about is that dawson um is someone that might have asperger's much like Kevin Williamson and that um you know the the, the parts of Kevin Williamson that um we kind of see okay. that part in Dawson that part of Kevin Williamson in Dawson Um, So just for people, if they don't know, I'm just going to read from Wikipedia, um, just the definition so that folks understand a little what we're talking about. Um, Asperger's is a neurodevelopmental disorder characterized by significant difficulties in social interaction and nonverbal communication, along with restricted and repetitive patterns of behavior and interests, although not required for diagnosis, physical clumsiness and unusual use of language are common. Um, So that's just
0: like shook me the unusual use of language, because that's like what Dawson's Creek was like talk shit on in the US during the first season.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So so one of the questions I have for you, Jay, is like when that's such a clinical definition, but when you put into your own words, what it's like to have Asperger's and live with it, like what what do you what do you say to people when they ask about that?
2: Um. So I'll I'll also follow up with the thing that I forgot to say before, yeah. which was um, so like a lot of people on the autism spectrum, my upbringing was pretty rough. Like I had all the same things that teenagers have to go through. And then on top of that, having zero clue about how social interaction works, just this vague sense that everyone hates you and not really clear on why. Um, but having a label to identify with is really helpful, but also there's a lot of shame around that and a lot of stigma, um, to, to put it into simple terms. It basically means to me that, um, social interaction doesn't come naturally to me. It's something that I have to consciously think about and, um, like learn in an explicit way. Uh, it also leads to like very passionate, um, like interests and hobbies that um, um, those of us with Asperger's can become complete e- experts in, and it can be our career. It can be our defining trait, um, but it can also just be uh, in my case, um, something that comes and goes. Cause like um, in my in- case, and I suspect some other people with Asperger's, my interests change over time. So, For example, um, Dawson's Creek is something that I would say is something that I'm very passionate about, but that passion has waxed and waned over the years. And there've been years at a time when I've not rewatched it and not even really thought about it. And then I came back to it, um, you know, uh, and then I've come back to it repeatedly, um, particularly when I've like seen reruns of it, or I've discovered fan fiction of it and podcasts about it. And I'm like, oh, that was a thing that I was really into when I was younger, <laughs> and now I am again. Mm-hmm. So that's just an example. Right.
0: Interesting. Yeah, my cousin has Asperger's, and he knew everything about dinosaurs when he was, like, two years old. And then, like, obviously, he knows everything about manga. And, you know, now, like, he's always changing. It's uh, interesting. But just, like, you're, like, this little three-year-old saying these wild, you know, uh, dinosaur words. Dinosaur <laughs> Dinosaur names. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It was just like so impressive. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it
2: sounds familiar. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's interesting because his older brother, when um his mom was pregnant, was like, What do you want to name the baby? And he's like his older brother was like Steggy, like Stegosaurus. Oh, so, cool. It was like crack up like that how that came full circle. Yeah. Um, okay, well, thank you. So I'm wondering when you're listening to us, like what are times when you're like, nope, they've got it wrong? Like, what are the things about Dawson or scenes or interactions that make you think that he possibly has some Asper- someone with Asperger's?
2: Well, first of all, I don't think that there's anything that you've said that I've strongly disagreed with. I feel <laughs> like, if anything, it's just that you were lacking in that perspective right, um, right, until right, I brought right. it to your attention. And yeah. I think you've done a good job of incorporating it into your critiques. Mm. Um Uh, What was the other part of that question?
0: I guess just when are there times when you think would be a good example of Dawson? You know, I think in your email you said his leading lady when he kind of um, it's like kind of an example of something that Kevin Williamson had done where Dawson pretty much just like dismisses everything that his friends come and bring up to him at like this singular focus of making a movie.
2: Yeah, so I think a good example was, I forget which episode it was, but it was early in season two when Joey takes up art and he's not quite, Dawson is not quite sure how to take it Mm -hmm. and he um, just uh, completely misreads the situation and um, projects the wrong impression in that situation. Um, uh, I think also, you know, black and white thinking as a general thing, Um, the way he reacts to Jen's past and is just like, he like shuts down emotionally and doesn't quite know what to do with that information. Um, You know, and and I, I look back on that and think about my adolescence and see parallels there and things that I've done. And I'm like, did I do that? Oh, shit, I did <laughs> stuff like that. Not the, those exact things because my life uh-huh. is very, very different. Mm-hmm. And like one of the things that I really get out of the show was, or I really got out of the show when I first watched it was like there are people out there who are like me whose lives aren't as horrible as mine are right now. And maybe that means that in the future my life will be better. Sorry, I'm getting off topic. But, yeah, in, in general, just like tone deafness, um inability to read like uh intuit uh social situations and just the the uh really intense interest in film like all these things are very like strong indicators to me of uh asperges i i'm not a uh professional by anything, but that's just how the character reads to me. Uh
1: huh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um so one of the things too that I I I think Aaron and I kind of have discussed since we got your um email is like where we think those lines are. Like like as to people who I mean if you can't tell by what we talk about are try to be allies in situations where we might not have you know we're two white girls we don't know what it's like to be black but we try to be allies in that situation and I think for us like one of the things that caught us a little bit off guard about your email and in a good way was that like we hadn't even thought of this and so are there but then we were like okay well where's the line and I guess like my question to you is like are there places you think that Dawson really truly crosses the line and there are things like I I like your example of like when Jen in Jen with Jen's past the way he reacts because I always look at that as crossing the line but I think you know it's interesting to hear your perspective because like there is part of that where you're like oh yeah okay I see where that might not be you know it's it might be a little disappointing to Jen but it's like you know, it's not the end of the world. Are there certain lines that you think, and you can spoil whatever you want. We're, we're yeah. spoil, Yeah, we're totally, it doesn't have to be in season three or whatever. But are there w- times when you think Dawson is out of line or when you think that like, it doesn't matter if, even if Dawson is a character with Asperger's, it doesn't matter that he has it. He is crossing a line right now.
2: Yeah. Um, So I guess what it comes down to is like, is there malice behind mm. his behavior? And sometimes, like, very occasionally there is. Usually there's not. Um, I think, like, in season one, there was a couple of times where he slut changed Jen, and I thought that was crossing a line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what he did at his birthday party by, like, what he told everyone. There, there were some good uh, – there were some things in that speech that needed to be said, but there were also some things that I thought were just – like friendship ending things and i just thought i'm really <laughs> shocked that anyone would talk to him after that um and, and like <laughs> I, and then i i've actually gone back through my memories and thought oh shit, i've done that not mm. not like in that um like not like telling one person after another all these things but like individuals like i've said things that have crossed the line um just in terms of like you know things that i think are true but don't need to be said ever. Um, I would say that the way that he reacted in the end of season three to um, learning about Pacey and Joey, I thought his feelings were valid and what he did with them was not. Um, I thought the beginning of season six, when he sleeps with Joey and then um, breaks up with his girlfriend and i thought you know there's probably a better way to handle that other than taking it out on her yeah um there uh, and and um uh i will point out that um i've changed a lot in the two decades that since i first saw the show so one of the things that has changed about me is my perspective on the law and police and uh things like that and so when i look back on um him forcing Joey to turn her father in like at the time I thought um, he was morally in the right, even if he made tactical mistakes. Now I think he was in the wrong and um, like, you know, there were tactical mistakes, but also he was on the wrong side of that situation. He should have been on the side of, well, this is my girlfriend's father. Mm -hmm. I need to look out for him and, and her as well and like what can I do to help them rather than being moralistic about it um but is that like you, the
0: black and white thinking that you referenced
2: yeah yeah and I, I think I am still black and white in that regard so right. I just I've just flipped I've gone from <laughs> you know blue lives matter to hey, black lives black. matter like I and there wasn't a specific moment it's just like I now am very much the opposite of what I was 20 years ago on sure. that in that way
0: yeah, so, I think we talk about that in, in that episode, too, or in I think someone asked us where when we were kids we were like, yeah, I think they have to go to the police. But now you're like, oh, my God, this is horrendous to watch, you know, so just the experience as you grow and learn more about just how horrendous the police is um
1: yeah
2: (laughs) yeah and um in particular I I genuinely thought at the time that Joey's breaking up with Dawson didn't make any sense to me now I'm like no she she was absolutely in the right on that one
0: yeah yeah so one thing I found really interesting is that like and we, I've been talking about this recently on the podcast, is Dawson is a POV character. Like, we know his family. We're always with him. But it feels so odd hard to like discern his feelings and like to see his motivations and where he's coming from and like versus Pacey who isn't a we don't know anything really about him we've never we've only seen his house briefly one time you know and like I feel like we can always see where he's coming from and so in this season after your email that's something that has really resonated with me is that like maybe is asperger's is why we can't really discern even though we're with him so much it's hard to really know what his feelings are and where he's coming from
2: um i actually feel the reverse is true for me um like i absolutely can tell you what he's thinking at any given moment
1: okay like just
2: just from watching because Uh i feel like maybe kevin williamson i uh, kevin williamson and myself are just on the same wavelength in that regard hey um Uh i I, I also remember something that Williams had said in an interview where he said he put a piece of himself in each of the characters. So, like, Dawson was the part of himself that was the dreamer. Joe was the part of himself that was bitter. Uh, Pacey was the part of himself that was misunderstood. Jen was the part of himself that was broken. And I feel like, you know, what, what he's getting at there is that this is writing very much from an autistic point of view mm. and like everything flows from that like once you understand that a lot of stuff makes a whole lot more sense
1: mm-hmm.
0: definitely yeah yeah i like it like this character represents this and this character represents when you say it like that i could completely see it for yeah sure, yeah, you yeah. Know?
2: And, and and although he didn't say it i think you could also apply this to jack and andy yes.
0: yeah. Of course. yeah 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 um, I mean, I I understand that he had wanted to have a gay character, you know, for a while. Yeah, and and uh, and, and
2: I, I was just thinking about the fact that um, uh, uh, Kevin Williamson is gay and Dawson is not.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: And like the like I I just don't think there's any like way that you can like uh, uh, head canon Dawson is gay without breaking that character. Like it, it there, there's nothing in the. It, in the writing that gives you any indication that he might be gay and right. I I just think well if this is a version of himself that he wants to present to the world it's a version of himself that's straight and I, I often think a lot about the implications of that oh
1: yeah that is I, de- I definitely agree
0: I've always felt that way it's like his idea of like if he had kind of an easy like the straight you know white yeah yeah dude, and and um... it
2: I, that, I think there's a certain amount of wish fulfillment in the way that uh, Dawson's character is not just written, but the way that his like life circumstances were constructed. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I, I uh, so I've, I've read a bit about like Kevin Williamson's life and upbringing. I'm like, no, his upbringing was not as, not as rosy as Dawson's. Like th- mm-hmm. this is, this is wish fulfillment 101 this is the life he wished he'd, he'd had
1: exactly yeah totally um so talking about all the characters and how they represent a different part of kevin williamson do you think that there's anyone else on the show that you might see as having asperger's or neurodivergence in any way Um, is there anyone else that like exhibits any of these characteristics or what do
2: you think? Uh, Well, that's a really good question. And (laughs) I've often thought Jack displays some of the traits of it, but some of those traits are inverted. So like before he comes out, he's very clumsy and introverted. And Mm -hmm. then afterwards you see that weight lifted off his shoulders and he's very like clued into how people are feeling. And I feel like that's like. A, a lot of the traits of autism just flipped around.
1: Interesting. Um,
2: and like
1: I definitely um, agree. When I read Andy
2: the clumsy, has,
0: I was like, oh Jack's like that's the whole second season. It's Jack always dropping stuff and everything.
2: Yeah. 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 And um uh like Andy obviously has some sort of mental health condition, but it's not clearly defined and I I'm not sure what it is, but the term neurodiversity can incorporate a lot of different yeah. conditions. And I suspect whatever it is would fall under that. Um like and um like Joey and Pacey, I think um, you know, I, I would I wouldn't want to um, armchair diagnose them, but I think there's certainly issues there. Um and Jen obviously has a lot of trauma and I um have discovered recently that there is somewhat of an overlap between, um, PTSD and autism. Sorry. I'm switching between autism and Asperger's a lot. Um, um, and I, um, well, there's a couple of ideas as to why that might be. Um, one, according to a friend of mine was that, um, growing up or autistic in a neurodiverse world is traumatizing. Um, but then the other side of it, which is my own theory, is that trauma manifests in this particular way with um, people uh, who are autistic. And so that's just the thing that I think about.
1: That's really interesting. So, like, yeah, but not yeah. super
2: relevant. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, no that's across.
1: super interesting.
2: But yeah, I, I would say that Jen probably has some form of PTSD.
1: Mm-hmm. Without
0: a doubt. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, um, and I would also point point remember that there was an episode where Joey joked about having ADHD and I thought, Hmm, is that a joke or is that a real thing? <laughs> yeah. And then I sort of dismissed it, but maybe.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so is there anything else, Jay, that you want people to know about Asperger's and about how to just be a good ally to someone with Asperger's or to, to be more aware of how we can sort of be. Um, Supportive of folks with Asperger's or autism.
2: Uh, Yeah, sure. So going back to what I said before about malice, Mm -hmm. like autistic people can definitely be malicious, but the vast majority of the time, I think it's fair to say we're not. And I think it's important to assume good faith when we do something that could be perceived as rude, insensitive, tone deaf, etc. And understand that social interaction norms, which uh, are very much culture specific are very much rooted in, uh, like neurotypical thinking. So like eye contact, mm-hmm. um, you know, facial expressions, gestures, etc. These things are determined by neurotypical people and, um, people on the autism spectrum often have a hard time, um, like, um, fitting in with these things. Um, although, um, interesting fact about um, Asperger's is for a long time it was thought to be something only boys get because it turns out that the way that it manifests in girls is a bit different because girls are very good at masking. Masking is a term used to mean behaviors that are used to conceal one's autism. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh-huh. So it's like a one of the unintended consequences of the patriarchy that helps women with Asperger's. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and it causes them to go under the radar and like their like, you know, stress and frustration with social interaction often goes unnoticed whereas with guys um much much less so it's much much more obvious. Mm-hmm. And right. I've discovered that this is also true of trans people um Uh, Mm -hmm. trans autistic people like they also skew this way um non-binary people I don't know too much about other than myself and like I suppose I'm somewhere in the middle on this Mm
1: -hmm. Interesting. interesting that's really interesting
0: so do you think that in your experience like you have to like almost like in a way come out to your friends or people you meet um in order to like get that extra level of you know understanding
2: uh sometimes like I mean, it's funny you should use that phrase coming out because it does have a lot of like baggage associated with it. Mm-hmm. And I've never really felt the need to come out as asexual in most situations. But when it comes to the Asperger's, I think there does come a point in a relationship where I do like need to share that information with people. Uh, but it's probably not the thing that I would lead with. Mm-hmm um yeah you're not like hey
0: I'm Jay I've got Asperger's
2: <laughs> yeah although in like autism support in my autism support group it's just sort of assumed and you don't generally need to say it of course.
0: Right. yeah yeah huh hmm. so interesting That's... so what another complicated thing of your experience yeah you know? I mean, obviously the the meaning of privilege is having to learn about Um, an experience. Uh, So that adds to maybe the element of PTSD in terms of what you were saying about your theory um, about PTSD and Asperger's. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So just, I'm curious in your experience in Australia, is there, what is the experience there for a person with Asperger's?
2: Um, Well, few things first of all diagnosis is incredibly complex and i don't clearly remember what mine was like but i remember i was referred by one of my teachers but in terms of supports it's getting better like when i was growing up in the 1990s it was practically unheard of Mm -hmm. it only became its own diagnostic criteria in 1993 and then because we're um you know australia the um uh, pretty much a backwater in some ways. Um, <laughs> it took a while for things to flow through, and because I was growing up in a, re- a regional area, you know, even longer than that. Mm. And I feel like I was. Um, it, it's pretty likely that there was no sooner point that I could have been diagnosed, given where and when I was. Um, but like when I when I did gr- when I did get diagnosed, like most of the people that I encountered or most of the people like in my life at that point had not heard of it Mm -hmm. the only person that knew what it was was the teacher that referred me and he didn't say what it was that he thought that I had he just said you need to get tested um, by a psychiatrist and I think they will be able to help you Mm -hmm. Um, I later found out he couldn't be more specific than that because he would risk his job
1: Oh, oh wow
2: Uh, But yeah, I've uh, so since moving to Sydney a few years ago, I've started hanging out with this autism support group and I've learned a lot of interesting things. And I feel like people growing up today with the condition probably have a lot easier time in terms of support, in terms of understanding, in terms of like just general awareness Uh, But then the flip side of that is that there is the pushback from like the anti-vax movement and um, just generally, um, you know, people trying to cure it, which is, you know, quite frustrating, which, you know, um, was certainly a thing in the 90s, but it was not as widespread as it Mm -hmm. is now. And so like the, the other so this is the other side of growing up in a time of ignorance is there's no pushback to cure it because people don't know what it is. Right. Right.
1: Right. right. Wow.
0: Well, I mean, obviously the cure is just societal acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, there's going to be no budget bullet for that. Yeah. Mean, and to your point, I remember my cousin once telling me, and it like still haunts me, to be honest, he was like, it's just horrible that people would rather their kids like get measles and mumps and like infect a whole group of people than be like me. And I was like, yeah, oh my
2: absolutely. Gosh. Like,
0: obviously, I I felt personally this the first part of that statement, and I actually mm. hadn't considered the second part. And I was like, wow, when you put yeah, it like and, that, and, that's just so. Fu- I mean, ob- it was just another perspective I hadn't considered to this horrible anti-vaxxer movement that was literally based on a lie I mean yeah
2: yeah and, and that to doctor be fair, lost his
0: medical license it's like okay. yeah yeah
2: absolutely and and to be fair growing up with an autism spectrum condition is really tough mm. yeah. and that also means that it's tough on the parents the problem right. is that the parents misunderstand what it is mm. and they think it's something that can be eliminated rather than being right. an intrinsic part of um, their personality mm. which is um, something that I've often compared to um, being queer, Mm -hmm. like, you know, even now, but especially like in the past, like until 1973, it was, um, classified as a mental disorder in the DSM. Um, and it wasn't fully removed until the 1980s. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. And I, you know, I don't know what your child experience was, but I know that there's like a movement to maybe like, correct some of it with uh, dietary stuff, which then adds like an additional potential trauma with your friends where, you know, and or at least I know that was an experience that my cousin had where it was like his diet was super limited. But then when you're at the lunch yard with your friend, you can't like share stuff. And so that just adds to the more like seclusion and um lack yeah. of connection.
2: Well, one thing I've heard anecdotally from my support group is that dietary sorry digestive problems bowel problems very very common for mm-hmm. people on the spectrum um it's it's uh it the the link is not well understood but it's there i don't know what it is but mm-hmm. um a lot of anti-vaxxers seize upon this and say well it's a problem with your gut and it can be corrected through oh. you know dietary changes and things like right. that
0: Oh man! Yeah, a few years ago, I did read an article about in the Economist that was talking about how they think there might be a link from um, in utero potassium deficiency, uh, but the, it wasn't dietary restrictions. that I thought they would solve it. They actually thought it was a fecal transplants. Um, hmm. But it's a it's a very misunderstood <laughs> disease or you know disorder. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. But we're trying our best. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, anything else you want to say before we get into your fan fiction?
2: Um, trying to think of if there's anything that I've left out. Um, so, on your last episode, you asked if Dawson was anyone's main character. And there was a time when I would say yes, mm. but no, Joey is generally my favorite character.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and you think that's just because you felt represented even even before knowing about kevin williamson you could see yourself in him
2: um i'd actually say that i didn't really see myself in him specifically during my first time watching it Hmm. Um, i I saw myself in each of the characters in different ways
0: right i I mean i agree with you on that like i think that that's why it speaks to the like you know that the every white high school experience, at least in the U.S., because you could at least relate at times with the characters and certain elements of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah, felt that for sure. Yeah, um,
2: and and in spite of it being American and me being Australian, like there was a certain relatability. Sure, of
0: course, you're still you're still <laughs> part a of the colonialism. <laughs> of, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, and you're and, still and, a and like teenager. It's like to grow up in a, in a um, in a regional area.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 So you grew up in a rural area, so it would have been a very similar experience to Cape Side. That was the one thing I couldn't relate to at all, to be honest. But, yeah.
1: <laughs> Aaron's from the suburbs.
0: <laughs> I know, from like the Los Angeles suburbs. So yeah. it's like a metropolitan area. It's probably like more people live there than the whole of Australia. No. Yeah. It <laughs> but, might be uh, which, which one? I'm from L. I'm from L. A. The suburbs of L. A. So the Southland, right, right. I think, has more than 20 million people in it. In the whole southland um as yeah. it's classified uh yeah i think la county has like 12 million people in it just the county uh so it's it's a lot <laughs>
2: <laughs> i think california has a similar population to australia yeah, yeah when
0: we were growing up my dad would always tell me that <laughs> Yeah, and, I, and like me and my brother were like what <laughs> it's hard to imagine a whole continent having the same amount as like our little state um but li- yeah, Australia is very state.
2: sparsely populated
0: Exactly, yeah. even, even uh, Sydney is not that many people to, to our standards in, in California um, yeah. Okay, so I'm dying, I want to hear all about your fan fiction He told us he wrote a fan fiction, so I want to know Because, you know, I'm developing my own one in my head
2: <laughs> Okay, so I've written a lot and I also have a lot planned I'll probably start with some stuff that I haven't written yet Cool. Um, so I'll start with uh, prequel, which is I don't have a name for it yet, but basically um, Joey and Jen's backstory. So like, awesome. Uh, Joey's family falling apart. Jen's time in New York. How do Pacey and Dawson support Joey through her family falling apart, and how do Billy and Drew enable and or um, help Jen? while she's like um off the rails mm. so that's a awesome. story then. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 Drew. <laughs> And, and
2: maybe there's a bit of a love triangle going on there oh uh,
0: yeah or at least like an unrequited love on drew's end right mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah absolutely um and then there's uh the parent story so like in said in the late 70s um uh, Mike Potter and his um best friend Lillian, who's Joey's mother, mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, but not romantic. And Mike wants to ask out Gail on their last uh, at high school graduation, uh-huh. but he finds out that they're both going to Cape Side Community College, so he kicks the can down the road a bit. But also Gail develops a romantic interest in someone called Mitch Leary, who's uh-huh. from out of town, He's yeah. just moved to Cape Side. And um uh, John Widow will also play a minor oh role in being like, well, here's, here's what's happening, folks. You guys need to um, pull yourselves together and stop mm. being idiots. Um, I, I I feel like do, you're stealing my
0: fan fiction. But, yeah.
2: <laughs> but, but the idea is that it you sort of know where it ends, but it, the point <laughs> is how do you get there? I love yeah. that, Jay.
1: I go, um, I mean, that's so mine that the, I want. Yeah.
2: The, like, yes. Karen, and obviously. Uh, four generations of the Lindley slash Ryan women, starting with Grams, going through Helen, Jen, Eve, uh, and uh, Jen's Amy. daughter Amy. Oh my! Yeah,
0: how yep. awesome!
2: Amazing! So like,
0: uh, told, told like at different eras.
2: Yeah, yeah. Wow. So starting in, like you know the 1950s or whatever, and going through to like okay. Amy growing up.
0: Wow! Right, I love like, that. Like, 2020
2: yeah yeah sort of like an anthology style story telling um so in terms of like sequels so um first there's going to be a a novelization and alternate ending to the finale Hmm. um that's gonna really like uh be sort of um like play with perceptions and subvert expectations and then that's going to be the basis of something down the line. Um, also, the the finale itself was set five years after the episode before. So mm. I want to fill in that gap. Mm-hmm. Um, that story is going to be called the in-between years. So each of the five main characters will have their own story. Dawson, Joey, Pacey, Jen and Jack. And then there'll be um, a story about Andy and Audrey cool. um, together together. So just hanging out for five years, um, very little.
0: Oh my god! Like that are be
2: friends. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And, and, and roommates. Oh cool. my god! Um. Ah, and amazing. and there'll be minimal, but a little bit of like crossing over. But the idea being that they sort of drift apart over these five years, and they don't really see each other very much. Right. That's kind um, of the impression and then
0: you get in the finale when Dawson's like, I didn't even. I almost forgot Jen had a baby. And you're like, when was the last time you talked to her? <laughs> <I know. laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. And um, speaking of the finale, so after the finale that I have penned, so the end of it is going to be Pacey sort of gathers everyone together around Jen's grave. And sorry, spoilers. <laughs> no, no, no. We, like you said, I can yeah, spoil yeah, You can so spoil everything. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the idea is that, um, they need to, uh, catch Jen up on what has happened since her passing Mm -hmm. and they need to come back every five years and do this again. And whenever one of them dies, they have to be buried there as well. Wow. And so by the end of the story, there's only one of them still alive and they're very old and they, um, gather together some relatives to continue that tradition. And then that person just sort of walks up into the sunset.
1: Wow. I like awesome. that. It's like the finale of Six Feet Under meets the finale of Dawson's Creek. Kind of. I love that.
2: Uh, That's I, cool. I've never actually seen Six Feet Under. Oh,
1: it's great. I recommend I, it. I
2: think, uh, to- talking to somebody, uh, like a deceased person, through their grave, I think mm. is a good narrative tool. Yeah. Um, and it can be quite cathartic, I believe. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so- and speaking of the relatives, so... Uh, I'm sort of tossing around some ideas for names here, but like the Creek 2.0 or the New Creek or something. <laughs> um, but Dawson's younger sister, Lily, um, starts high school. She doesn't have any friends her own age, but she has a de facto older brother in Alexander Potter, yeah, who right. has just finished high school, joined the Capeside Police Department, is their first uh, black officer and... Wow. Um, Without getting too specific into contemporary politics, like in the age of Black Lives Matter, what does it look like for a black man in the police? And like, you know, I think that's an interesting, like fertile ground for storytelling. And then also Amy, who is seven years younger than Lily and like her de facto Mm. big sister and also babysitter, which is mainly just um, Doug and Jack trying to make them spend time together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so Lily's goal in life is to eventually follow Dawson out to Hollywood and become a big famous um, actress, singer, model, mm. dancer, et cetera. And then Amy wants to, like, do the exact same thing. Yeah. And so the, that story would end with... Um, Lily graduating high school and then moving out to Hollywood, and then the next story is Amy doing the same thing, and then the two girls sort of take Hollywood by storm. And then through flashbacks, we see the uh, intervening years of what happened to the two of them while they were apart. Cool,
1: awesome. And, I love. And, that. and also,
2: love, there'll be a fourth I love girls taking Hollywood
0: like, by storm. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am trying to think of some really cool female pop joys to compare them to, but I'm coming up blank.
1: and where can jay where can people find have you written any of these or where can they find you um Uh, i i have i'll
2: I'll get that yeah um so that's it in terms of the sequels i also um wanted to ask if either of you are familiar with um an old mtv animated series called daria
1: oh of course yeah Absolutely. And don't yeah, think yeah. don't think um, I did not notice yeah. that your um that your avatar on this
2: Skype oh, app yeah. is Daria.
1: <laughs> I
0: think okay, your avatar cool. on um Twitter is Daria too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And my uh, one year man- for Halloween,
0: I did dress as Quinn Morgendorfer because I had all the she stuff did. in my closet.
1: <laughs> she, it was perfect too. She was great
2: <laughs> and cool. Yeah. Um, so the main story I'm working on at the moment is a crossover called Daria's Creek. It <laughs>
1: Amazing. is
2: essentially um, a, an alternate take on the final four seasons of Dawson's Creek, so three through six. Oh, cool. Um, which incorporates some characters from Daria. Cool. Um, it, uh, so I've done seasons three and four. I've also done a continuation of the spin-off Young Americans. I'm not sure if oh. you're familiar
1: with oh, yeah. that. Yep. Yeah,
2: because that yeah. Show ended on a cliffhanger, and I don't so think I, I saw the up all of stuff. it.
0: But um, I did see some of it. Yeah, Do you know if we can find that anywhere.
2: Uh, not officially, but okay. there's yeah, unofficial yeah. Right. like clips floating around and episodes floating around hmm. online. Hmm. Um,
1: so, so it's you did the uh, follow up to Young Americans.
2: Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. I incorporated Andy into it because that was around the time she left the show. Okay, right. Cool um and then my latest story in that series was um daria's freshman year of college oh cool cool. and then after that um i'm going to sort of incorporate the daria characters into dawson's creek for the college years um because up until this point it's been like you know once or twice a year that Mm. they see each other Uh, basically like every story is like a season every episode is like a chapter Hmm. and every season there's like a special chapter where they cross over um so where was I yeah so that's where I'm at with that um oh and for the college years I'm going to write Dawson out completely and (laughs) don't spin off okay um, which is going to feature Andy and Oliver and like a lot of the stuff that we saw on the show during those years, but um, separate.
0: Yeah, like his experience out, not with the, the core kid, three kids. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's that. Um, and, and that's what I'm working on at the moment. Also, cool. there's this type of fan fiction called a fusion fic, where you take a set of characters from one thing and the storyline of another, And you merge them together to form hopefully something new and different. So I have a really interesting story in mind for basically um, taking the first two seasons of Dawson's Creek and replacing the characters with characters from Daria and see how that turns out. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Cool.
1: So are those Uh, available online?
2: What's that? Do
0: you have a website? Are those available online?
2: Um, it's on a couple of websites, um, yeah. an archive of our own, yeah, and uh, fanfiction.net. And my username on both of them is Son of a Preacher Man.
1: Son of a Preacher Man. Okay, we'll <laughs> yeah. we'll grab links to those too and put them up.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll send you links. Yeah, They're, thanks. Um, it, it's named for the uh, Dusty Springfield song, oh, which of yeah. was yeah. in uh, Pulp Fiction, which I think is where I first heard it. Oh uh, yeah. Oh uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, Pulp Fiction. It's well known that one of the characters wears a UC Santa Cruz t-shirt and that's where we went.
1: That's where we went to that's college. We went to college Julia and yeah. I went to college. Um,
2: yeah.
1: Also, Jay, I have to tell you that I had the hugest crush on, uh, uh, Trent, Trent Lane, uh, <laughs> when I was in high school.
2: <laughs> Same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, um, I, I, um, had a, uh, one second. Well, I, I had, um, an interesting experience of that show because I wasn't quite sure whether I wanted to date Daria or be her.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but the fact that she was a girl and I wasn't, was one of the few times when that wasn't really an issue for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I felt a little similarly about Trent, to be quite honest.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, so if I, if I name specific characters from Daria, you're going to know who they are.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Alright, so basically, um the story that I was talking about, I'm gonna call it Cynical Creek, and um nice. the role of Dawson will be played by Daria, um Jane will be Pacey, uh <laughs> Trent will be Joey, Tom will be uh Jen oh, yeah, um, you can, Mac and you Jody will be. Yeah, uh, Mac and Jody will be, sorry. That's okay. Uh, Mac and Jody will be um, Jack and Andy. Uh, I'm still trying to f- figure out some of the secondary characters, okay? But it'll, it'll be up eventually. Um, the final fanfic that I wanted to tell you about oh, yeah. was a series of alternate takes, which is basically the first two seasons but set in a different time and place. Okay. Well, so um, and it's going to be centered around a specific character. So like um basically Dawson in twenty years earlier, so the nineteen seventies in Wilmington, North Carolina. Oh wow. Uh there's actually a town in Canada called Dawson Creek. And uh, I so know. Casey's story is gonna be set there in the nineteen eighties. Oh cool. uh um, uh Joey's story in the UK in the late two thousands. Okay. Uh, Jen's in New Zealand in 2019. I won't go into 2020 because that gets a bit much. It gets crazy. Um, (laughs) And then uh, Jack's story in Australia in the same time the show is set, but in Australia. Cool. And Andy in Japan in the same time the show is set, but in Japan. And then the final one I wanted to do was the college years um, based around Audrey, but set in Los Angeles in the early '90s.
1: Oh wow! All right, all right. <laughs> We're gonna get into Rodney King. <laughs> yeah, L.A. was I hadn't a- think
2: that, that's a good idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, L.A. was a wild place in the 1990s. Wild. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah I have, I've heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, flee in the middle of the night from yeah. Yeah. Um, cool, Jay. Well, this a? has been amazing. Oh, wait, we've got one last question. Oh, sorry. Jay. Who yep. are you root- who are you rooting for?
2: I'm rooting for everyone.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm always rooting for everyone.
1: Awesome, yeah, we love it. But
2: also, I am Team Dawson.
1: Okay, oh, really? okay, okay. okay. <laughs> yes,
2: and and I'm never against uh, Joey and Pacey having a relationship. But there was something which I meant to mention earlier, which was that I felt like what they did, and I didn't say this at the time. I felt that what the show really needed at that point in time was nobody's good, nobody's bad, everyone's shades of grey. Instead mm-hmm. of drawing this line of some characters are, you know, sympathetic and some are not. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, everyone needed to be shades of grey, like right. right at the end of season three. I thought that's what should have happened. But yeah. I don't have any specific notes as to what should have been written differently. Mm.
1: Well, okay the you're free line, but <laughs> say that again The you' free line and in, in in uh the right With before Dawson, he does the when ugly Dawson cry says
0: to Joey, you're free I would re- yeah, that, yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> um, um, and uh but I did have a specific note about one thing which I thought could have been done differently, which mm-hmm. was um instead of uh Dawson trying to single handedly turn in joey's dad what if uh a dog or um mr Witter approached him and said look we know joey's dad is dealing drug skin we want you to get evidence so you know cozy up to him get us the evidence we need and i thought if they made that one change mm. in instead of him being moralistic he's like doing something that has been asked of him I thought the story would have flowed a lot better and you could have ended up in the same place
1: yeah right yeah I mean I
0: felt even at the time and I think we kind of got into it it was weird that Mitch and Gail didn't like jump in and handle (laughs) the situation for Dawson (laughs) like you know I I just think that that's what my parents would have done if I was like oh I saw bags of cocaine at my friend's house (laughs) they would have been like we got this you know instead of making yeah yeah go to me like put in this position like you're too young to really understand what you're doing and to make choices like that I yeah. personally think I know my parents would have been like okay we got this you know um but that, I think that would have been better storytelling but yeah. maybe that's just a misunderstanding of Gail and Mitch well they're kind of bad parents too but <laughs> of them not <laughs> understanding Dawson that well you know Yep. Yeah, but
1: Well, Jay, this has been awesome. We thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jay. And we'll put links up for everyone to find you. Um, We can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today and for um, just like opening our eyes a little bit to to something we weren't, you know, looking
2: at. Well, thanks for having me on your show. I will give it a plug in some of the fan groups that I'm in on Facebook.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Um,
0: Cool. So Jay emailed me after... Our interview mm-hmm. and wanted to mention a few things. So I want to just add them on there. Mm-hmm. Um so let's let me read from his email. First off, one of the biggest problems of having Asperger's is sometimes it's very difficult, if not impossible, to put my thoughts into words. This mm-hmm. can be very frustrating and overwhelming. And welcome to podcasting. <laughs> not to <laughs> finish your experience, but man. No. <laughs> I can relate to that. We can relate, yeah. (laughs) Um, Secondly, I don't think I got across how horrific my adolescence was. Mm -hmm. I had no friends. I was bullied constantly, got into fights, and nearly got expelled. Dawson's Creek made me realize that sometimes people like me have friends and social lives. It made me feel like maybe that I, too... I would too someday. Mm. Spoiler alert. I did. Oh, awesome. I and love it. I hear that, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 do, I did hear your experience, but no
1: one can really,
0: you know, really adequately explain how horrific your adolescence is.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, same. I, I felt it, but like, I, I hear you, Jay, like, I'm. thank you for yeah. clarifying. And so yeah, that.
0: exactly. Yeah. And then thirdly, Daria and Dawson's Creek are equally my favorite shows. Awesome. They premiered within a week of each other, on the 12th and 19th of January, 1999, in Australia, Mm. respectively. I first saw them both on the same family holiday. These Mm. shows have been a big influence on me, and in spite of how different they are, I think they complement each other quite well. Yeah,
1: I agree. They are two of my favorite shows as well. (laughs) I
0: know. They were like, do you know Daria? and I was like how dare you suggest I don't know Daria <laughs> I
1: know I know I was the same way I actually I didn't say this in our interview but I I dressed up as Daria once for Halloween as well I know you dressed yeah. up as Quinn yeah, yeah I dressed yeah. up as Daria once so you know.
0: yeah it's a, cl- it's a classic mm, uh, mm. yeah I yeah. know after they said that I was like damn I have the box set I'm gonna start I want to watch some of yeah. those
1: oh i rewatch it a lot
0: yeah and <laughs> yeah, that's it, when it, i like triggered me i was like Maybe it's
1: time for my annual revisit of daria <laughs> yeah i definitely it's on hulu if anyone needs oh, it Oh, okay yeah cool. so um cool well, everyone, thanks for
0: listening. I hope y'all enjoyed that. I know that mm. we found it to be so fascinating and interesting. Yeah. And, you know, we talk a lot off mic and as well as on mic about just our own ableism and, and, you know, like calling people out when we think that there's something that maybe they're not considering. Yeah. And I think that there is a way to just call people out in a healthy way. I, I know that that phrase maybe sounds a little triggering and maybe we've seen a new phrase for it. Yeah. But, you know, we talk about that a lot, too yeah. <laughs> yeah. word usage. But, um, you know, I think as we are always moving forward and expanding and creating a more equitable and, and safe space for everyone, it's, it's good to hear people's perspectives and interesting experiences. And I know Julia said, like, so maybe Dawson has an asterisk next to him. We need to like consider things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. You
1: know? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, uh, one of the things that we so loved about having this conversation with Jay and, um and, you know, just hearing their thoughts and, and, on everything, and you know we're we're so struck by their email when it first came in is like you know we have blind spots, I mean we've said it a million times, we have blind spots too, and so just being able to really look at this and look at it from that angle, and maybe saying to Dawson, you know saying about dawson okay there's like we think this behavior isn't the great, but but there's there's an asterisk by some of it because it's like, okay, maybe there's a reason that you know totally. that that has something." has nothing to do with him you know trying to be mean or being like right. obtuse or something like that Um, but just that like maybe there's a reason that's like a, a disability reason and that you know we need to be sensitive to and I think that's like such a I don't know
0: yeah I mean I found it so interesting when I asked them like to me it's like unclear where Dawson's coming from mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were like it I completely <laughs> disagree with you yeah <laughs> I
1: was like I'm shook. Mind mind blown. Mind blown. (laughs) Yeah. So we just want to thank Jay too, for taking the time um, to be with us and to talk to us. I mean, so gracious of you to give us some of your time for this. And, and we just could not be more thankful um, to hear your voice and to hear your opinion about this. And so thank you so much for doing this. Awesome. Mm.
0: So grateful. Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's critique. You can email us Dawson's critique at gmail dot com. You can follow my Finsta at Aaron dot Hensley. We wanna shout out our boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at Go Freaking Crazy. We wanna remind you, you can pre order our book. I remember everything. Life lessons from Dawson's Creek. Uh we suggest pre
1: ordering yeah <laughs> where, where <should> we do? <laughs> we're gonna pre-order well, let's see you can pre-order it from oh i wish i knew an australian one off the top of my head uh but i'm don't so i'm just gonna tell you to pre-order it from elliott bay bookstore in seattle washington which is a tremendous bookstore um so. It's great. Uh, please like us, subscribe, write a review anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, we thank you so much for those of you who have. And uh, yeah, really just appreciate it. Can't thank you enough. Um, my Instagram and Twitter are pesty1079. Uh, we would like to thank Andrew Bush, who normally records us. Can't wait to see his bright, shiny face again. Rarebird books can be found online at rarebirdlit.com or on social media at Rarebirdlit. This has been a Rarebird production.